Welcome to the Reading Teachers Playbook, a podcast for elementary reading teachers. I'm your host, Evan Mirelis, and here we will talk about all things reading instruction, time management, and mindset. Being an upper elementary reading teacher comes with a unique set of challenges. You are often tasked with helping students understand text on a deep level, preparing them for their state assessment, and remediating non-readers, all while trying not to turn students off of reading altogether. You need a playbook of ideas that helps you meet the needs of all your readers and gives you ideas that you can use today. I'm here to be your teaching bestie, encouraging you to step out of your comfort zone and hold you accountable for the things you said you wanted to try. Together, we can cut through the noise of all things reading instruction and help you figure out what your students need most right now. Hi there, welcome to episode three of the Reading Teacher's Playbook. In this episode, we're going to talk about the one tool in my playbook that changed everything. Let's get started. So once upon a time, my reading block consisted of me talking for 30 minutes, students working on guided practice, which also involved me talking for 15 minutes, and then them working independently on something for another 15 minutes, followed by an hour of guided reading groups. I thought I was doing a good job because I was keeping my students engaged with me. I was afraid that if I let students go and practice too early, then they wouldn't know what they were supposed to do or gasp. They might have questions. I thought they had to be close to me all the time and I had to be overly available for their every need, which equaled hours of direct instruction and very little opportunities for them to actually practice. I had not yet read anything about students' abilities to sit and get information. I just knew that I was giving a maximum amount of time to my reading block. When I taught second grade, I had read the book, The Daily Five, and my lessons went down to 20 minutes. Definitely an improvement. My students also weaved in and out of guided reading groups and direct instruction, so they got to move around my classroom a lot more. But still, something was missing. Thinking back on this, I think that it was the fact that I watched the clock, which was great, but also distracting. Trying to be a clock watcher and give the lesson meant that I was slightly distracted from my instruction and my students. When I taught fifth grade, I had the honor of being a collaborative teacher, which meant I had to learn how to share instructional responsibilities and how not to be long-winded. Enter the timer. I know that it's not super techie or even a new idea, but this one thing helped helped make me be a better teacher. The timer was imperative to ensuring that our parallel teaching structures worked for our students. So that meant that we took turns teaching a different objective for 15 minutes to one group of students and then switched and taught a different group of students that same objective. At first, it was so hard to land my lesson in just 15 minutes, 
But the more I practiced, the better I got. The more concise and intentional my lessons got, the better my student students understood the concepts that I was trying to teach. Prior to that part of the school year, my lessons ran long and included cute activities that my students enjoyed, but didn't really add value to my lessons. So when, when the timer came in, those activities went out. Using a timer not only made my lessons more intentional and concise, they also shifted my mindset about teaching. I no longer thought that all the learning was on me. This required students to buy in and it required their input as well. It was imperative that I watched for and incorporated formative assessments such as turn and talk in order to ensure that students were understanding the concepts taught. It helped me to enforce time boundaries in other content areas as well. Having these time boundaries also meant that I had to make sure that I cycled through the learning. Using a timer also helped me and my students have a sense of urgency when it came to our time together. I had to be selective about what classroom management battles I wanted to fight. And it also helped my students know that there really wasn't a lot of time to mess around when we got to have our time together. We had to transition quickly and get down to the business of learning. There was no way that my mini lessons could be the only time that students were exposed to or practiced the concept. I had to use my formative assessment data to drive instruction. That then fit into my guided reading groups and strategy groups and read aloud instruction. Not being long-winded in one component of my reading block helped me to make time for other components of my reading block because my read aloud and mini lessons made up a small portion of my reading block that meant that I had time to implement guided reading groups. Even after I was no longer sharing the instructional floor as a collaborative teacher, I held on to that practice because it made me get clear about what I was teaching and made me think about concise ways to deliver instruction. In this time of virtual teaching, it can be really tempting to keep kids on your Zoom for hours at a, all in the name of helping students. But at what cost? What best practices are we sacrificing in order to keep students on in our whole group lessons longer? Are we sacrificing guided reading? Are students getting a chance to read independently? Or is all their time being absorbed by our whole group lessons? Using a timer could help you not only better develop your mini lesson, but it could also ensure that you are making room for all of the best practices we know students benefit from during a reading block. Here are some ways that I use the timer in my classroom. I use the timer during my direct instruction. I use the timer during my transitions. I use the timer usually an online timer that students could see during um, our independent work time. And I use the timer during our small group time. Now, I didn't let the timer rule me. It just helped me to not be long-winded and to create that sense of urgency. If I needed a few extra minutes, I could take it, but I didn't let that be the norm. 
So some resources for timers. To be honest, I use my phone a lot. I just use my phone, set a timer for the time, and let it go off. You could use a kitchen timer, set up, they make magnetic ones that can go on your dry erase board. And then there are online timers. And a quick Google search for online timers for kids will lead you to one that meets your needs. So here are your next steps. Choose an area of your reading block that you want to implement this tool with. Choose a type of timer that you would like to use and enlist accountability to ensure you follow through. The easiest way to ensure or enlist that accountability is to get into our um, the Reading Teachers Playbook Facebook group where we can talk about the timers that you want to use or you can share ideas and we can talk about how you're using them to help improve your um, reading block. Try it and then document your findings and then tweak as necessary. I hope you find this tool helpful and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to take a page from the Reading Teacher's Playbook. If this episode resonated with you, please take the time to rate and review the podcast on Apple iTunes so others can find it too. And take a screenshot of this episode and tag me at Miss Evelyn Ellis on Instagram. Check the show notes for any links mentioned and hit subscribe so you don't miss a play from the Reading Teacher's Playbook. See you in the next episode.